Hello and welcome back to the third edition of the Onion Bag Podcast. After a short break, we hope all listeners have had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and we hope the World Cup hangover has finally <laughs> cured as we're now deep into January and the football season has started back up. I think it would be uh, appropriate to start as we left off the little issue of a World Cup final in December. It, it still doesn't uh, feel real to say that, but here we are. It's been and it's gone. And dare I say it, the best World Cup final ever to be played. Better than 66, I'm going to say it now. Well, yeah, I don't, don't really I don't think that. it's... I can disagree with that. Any, con- mean, any it, contest at all. It looked like it wasn't going to be a great final until Mbappé <laughs> decided to turn it on with uh, 10 minutes to play. Um, three penalties in the final. I mean, the hat-trick for Kylian Mbappé. Or the first player to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final since Sir Jeff himself. Since Sir Jeff. That is history in itself. Only Lionel man to uh, score a hat-trick and lose. A f- imagine, scoring a ha- imagine carrying your country in a World Cup final, scoring a hat-trick. And still not coming away with the uh, with the trophy. Must be disappointing, mustn't it? Shocking. The final it had absolutely everything, really. <laughs> I mean, Messi scored twice. Angel Di Maria put out a ten, a ten out of ten performance. Obviously, the Killian back with a hat trick. The Emmy Martinez save in the hundred twentieth oh minute to deny Colo Moani, which it could be the most clutch save of all time. By I the just, way, absolutely ridiculous. I can see it now, and I'm just like, I remember just like hand on head, just going. Oh my god! And then, and then the tomfoolery in the penalty shoot, <laughs> Emmy Martinez as well, absolute king in penalty shootouts. If you want to keep on your team, it's a proper wind-up match. That is the man you want, and he ended up saving the penalties to hand the World Cup to Argentina for the third time. And our and our little goat finally, the one trophy that eluded him his entire career, finally got his hands on, and it's just like we're, we're both as English as they come aren't we but mm-hmm. you've really got to put credit where credit's due and just one of him and Ronaldo had to win it and I think everyone could have safely bet their their houses on Messi coming up uh, up trumps in the final which he did I just it was an unreal game and I think it, it was the right outcome really because imagine he came away after that after not not the best to start to a tournament, but overall it was a it was a good tournament for him. Mm-hmm. And I think if he walked away with silver again, I was just like, yeah, it would have been another. I still think he would have got the golden ball. Yeah, even if he'd have lost, so that'd have been two golden balls and two finals. It defeats. would have been would have been cruel. Yeah, it would it wouldn't have been a nice way to go out. Yeah. Um, but you've seen all the records he broke in this World <laughs> Cup. It, countless records. Ridiculous. And it is football's ultimate prize and he's finally now got his hands on it. Deservedly so, I think we can all admit. We didn't do bad in our predictions either. I know, we did say Argentina to win it. We did um, say England in the final, but we won't talk about right, that. We'll, we'll um, pass that. Uh, Leblou did uh, stale us. It was, it was definitely a final and, and a World Cup for that matter to remember. Yes. It was an absolutely brilliant World Cup and that game Arguably the best football game some of us will have ever watched. That was just the pinnacle, and it was the icing on the cake. Really, oh, the fact the that tournament. we can say that we watched, we're like we were able not in the flesh, but we were able to witness that is just ridiculous. Like, yeah. like our grandparent, uh, grandparents, grandbairns, even look at me going on, Macam. Uh, they're gonna ask us where were you 
uh, in that game, and I'll be no. like, right, let me sit down, let's tell you a story about one of the the best, if not the best World Cup final to ever be played. Because we never know what's going to happen in World Cups to come, but I think we've set the standard so high, especially for a tournament, which was written off basically before a ball was kicked because of all the off-the-field stuff, which is obviously justifiable, mm-hmm. but I think on the pitch it definitely delivered. I think we can say as much as there's issues with human rights, the the corruption of whether it should actually be there i think it's uh it's fair to admit that qatar did put on quite a show oh yes and uh it was quite the world cup um and one will, that will be enjoyed and celebrated for many many years tell you what that the one person who i didn't expect to uh show up in that final was angel de maria he's a big game player he, he rolled it back player. like i felt like it was 2014 again yeah. just watching him just Run f- that uh, front back line ragged. Absolutely outstanding performance from him. Um, Mind you, when he came off, I thought the Wales were coming off as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's the impact that he had. That they were so in control with him on the pitch the minute he's off. And Bappe just, he saw his name in lights really. And well, he, well, he took the opportunity because he is that kind of player. And I think the fact that, even though people say like, uh, it was hard for him to lose in that way because obviously losing the world's biggest game in a shootout is heartbreaking. But you have to remember he already has a World Cup winner's medal yeah, to his does, name. Yeah. He's been in two World Cup finals in his only two World Cups as a footballer. Mm-hmm. That is just unheard of. And the fact that he nearly won it himself just goes to say... like. Any other team other than Argentina, that is the Kylian Mbappe show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. No one's come close to that. Like, I just think uh, the future's in good hands with Mbappe. I do think as much as the result didn't really match this sort of uh, notion, but yeah. the that final felt like a little bit of a change in the guard for me. Yeah. Messi's won like it. passing over at the torch. He, he still wants to carry on for Argentina. Unlikely we'll see him feature at the next World Cup, but you never know. Um, but now it feels like Mbappe, who has now got four World Cup final goals to his name, I think he's got 12 World Cup goals. He's only fourth the record in two World Cups. He is going to go on to be an absolute superstar if he isn't oh, already. No. He's going to win countless Ballon d'Ors in his career. And he, he will, if not if he isn't already, he will be the best player in the world for a long time. Oh, yeah. I don't think... Well, there's obviously great talent in the world right now uh, coming up like like Bellingham is one of the best young mm. midfielders in the world if yeah. not they but English bias aside um, obviously Haaland's up there but I think at the moment like he's just on another level like the the, ceiling is the levels high. he performs at as well like you could argue that with Haaland like the international team lets him down but even then like, yes, there was good performances from French players in that final, but you think of one person, you think Mbappe just completely carried that um, that France team in that final. Yeah. And one, uh, he's like one of the youngest, best players in the world. I think it's fair to say that he is front-runner to be uh, the successor to our generation. Mm. The greatest of the next generation. Yes, like that, Absolutely. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Unless some superstar comes off the scene, I think. Uh, I think like that's Dan Neil. <laughs> Speaking of uh, passing on the torch, the uh, 
staying in the the Middle East though, we've got uh, big news from the Saudi desert. Uh, not one that many expected, but also you kind of saw it coming one way or the other. CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo, is now a, the biggest player in the Saudi league. It's just, it still hasn't sunk in properly that mm-hmm. he's playing in Saudi Arabia now. It's just like, I didn't think, because you've had big players turn around and say like, oh, I wouldn't. So it was like when the Chinese Super League was like blowing up, like they had big name players going, Oh, I'd never go to a league that isn't established yet. Here we are. It's just money talks. Yeah, money does talk. I think it's uh there's 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 positives to it. I mean, you could argue because of the state of Saudi and like what they believe in as a country, it it's not really the best place to promote. But yeah. you've seen the effect Ronaldo. I'm pretty sure when he signed, Al Nassar on Instagram had 500k followers. I think that's in double figures in millions now. I think they're above 10 million followers. Should I have a quick check? You can do, yeah. But th- that effect is outrageous and it is going to draw so much attention to the Saudi leagues. What did you say? 500k. I think they had 500k. It's gone up to 10 million. 11.5, 11.5 million, million followers. Million followers. That purely because of insane. Ronaldo. So that that's like a good way. To, they're going to establish the league, you know. They're going to become bigger, better. There's going to be so much revenue going into the league through this signing. But there's question marks over, is that the right place for this all this revenue to be going, you know. Yeah. But that's, uh, I think that's a conversation for another time. As for yeah. Ronaldo himself... Let's just focus on the, the man himself. 37 years old, very soon to be 38 years old. Um, what I think is interesting about it is about two months before this move leaked, he was doing an interview talking about the standards at Manchester United, and he's now gone to yeah, it's, one of it's a the bit, worst um, leagues in the world. I just, I mean, it's not exactly an exciting league. It's yeah. not like no disrespect to Saudi football, but it is. It's not an established league, is it? Like. Mm-hmm. Like Japan, I would have got because we have had some like good players in the J League, even Chinese Super League. That has been some good, but I know that's like uh, on the back end of its uh, legs now. But I don't know. I just I didn't really see it coming because a lot of people were like, "Well, where's he going to go?" Because no top European club would want him. No, because exactly what we said was going to happen at Man United happened of. He'll come in, he'll score goals, but make the team worse, mm-hmm. which he did. He fell out with uh, Ranić. He fell out with Ten Hag. Uh, he had Piers Morgan being his little hype man on Twitter. <laughs> and mm-hmm. after the World Cup, where well, he was benched at the World Cup, and uh, his predecessor scored a hat trick. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think it, we kind of saw that happening then. Like after that game, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe he's. Maybe it's time that um, Ronaldo looks for lowering his standards a bit, which he has, and he seems happy enough to be there. So it's not like he's been forced to go there. He seems more than happy to uh, mm-hmm. don the yellow and blue. Uh, not of hashtag, obviously. <laughs> uh, don't forget hashtag, though. Yeah, don't it's forget. if you're listening. Could you imagine that? Like, he just scores a goal instead of doing his little celebration, he just goes with the camera and just hashtags it. 
would be unreal. I'm trying to think though, it's just 37 and they're still like top players older than them still in the big leagues. Mm. Like I know Bale just retired, but I don't know, I felt like he had a little bit left in him. At not the highest level, but a higher level than what he's at. Yeah. Than what he's at. But I do think at his age, right, maybe he doesn't need it as much as he's made out, but there's nowhere that's a better, like, a level that would have wanted him. There is no team below that that could offer the money that yeah, teams that, like Al Nassar can. Wait. I mean, the, the contract he's on is quite astonishing, really. It is quite mind-blowing. <laughs> He's yeah. probably earned about two million quid since we started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, ago. probably. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's uh, it's a bit mind-boggling to be honest. The money he's on, and there's not many people in the world that would turn that down. No, you'd be stupid. But I think it it def- that, that that is the end of Cristiano Ronaldo's career. The goat it? debate is over. <laughs> well, it was never it was never a thing. Yeah, well, well. Start firing I, shots left, right, and centre. And arguably, just like, arguably that's go to bit over Messi, Claire. That in all seriousness, like it is, it's kind of sad in a way because we've grown up watching him and like undoubtedly top class player. And now to say it, say him at such a low level, it's kind of like it's kind of more of a reality check for us. Like we're getting old. Like that's our we've seen him as one of the two pinnacles of our generation and now like now he's there and then there's like arguments for other players like Suarez and Iniesta and people like that it's just like I know Messi's still a PSG but even then like he's dropped back into further into the field so it's always going to be sad seeing all these players oh god like because it's our generation uh, it's starting to come over even like well Olympiacos Marcelo it's just like it, it's sad, but it's also exciting because we get to see these new players. Even like even English talent looks great, like Foden and Bellingham, people like that. It, the future's bright, but at the same time, I want to just be like, I want to reminisce over, it only feels like two seasons ago we had MSN mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I think uh, that's just that's just football, really. It's going yeah. to come to an end eventually, and uh, that's, that's what's happened with Ronaldo now. I mean, it's unlikely any of us are going to be able to watch him again well um, there is a there's apparently a rumoured clause in his contract that uh, if Newcastle United gets European football uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's obligated that. to a, a loan move I don't think it's real I, I, I'm sure I've seen Alan Sars Twitter saying something like that they, them rumours are fake it's like, fake there's, Wait, no, there's no Champions League clause or anything like that but I'd be I'd be very strange as to why that would be in there well I, I get it because like Newcastle Saudi I get that yeah. but at the same time surely you'd, you'd want to keep hold of him for as long as possible yeah I don't think you'd put a clause like that in especially when it's also quite likely that Newcastle might get in the top well it's, it's more the fact that like I saw the reaction on social media by Newcastle fans and I think I saw one person say they'd be happy with it mm-hmm. and not enough for him playing just for revenue because I think that's really all Ronaldo brings to your team is just attention, the spotlight. That's all. Because imagine the share sales they'd get if if Ronaldo um, signed for Newcastle. Like, it would be everywhere. Well, even people were never going to buy an Al Nassar shirt before he signed, were they? Let's be real. So, I don't know, it's just, 
it's weird to think that even if um, Newcastle did get European football either next season or a few times, it's it's going to happen eventually mm-hmm. on the yeah. the run they are. But I just don't think anyone, even at Newcastle's level, who would want them because I just think mm-hmm. it would be the most pointless loan in in football. I don't. <laughs> it sounds really weird to say, but I don't think he gets past people in the Newcastle squad. No, to to what they bring to the squad, and it sounds wild to say this, but yeah, like, to watch someone brings... like Isaac or Callum Wilson, <laughs> but maybe not Chris Wood. Maybe not Chris Wood. Past Chris Wood, but. What they bring to the team and help with well, the team. Well, morale takes a club a long way, you know. Yeah, exactly. And the way they're going right now, would you want someone like him in there? No, you don't want someone ruining that morale and that team spirit, especially when you've got a man motivator like Eddie Howe and then there's just Ronaldo trying to be the little boss. It's just, it's. I don't think that dynamic would work at all. No, it wouldn't. And I'd, I'd, to be fair, I don't think that move will ever go through. I no. We won't see Ronaldo in the top league again. I, I mean, try and tell someone that, like, even five years ago that... Uh, there is there was a possibility that uh, Ronaldo could sign for Newcastle. Yeah. I think people would just be like, "That's get over, it's ridiculous." <laughs> but um, you'd obviously rip their arm off for it now. But now, yeah. definitely, definitely not. So we're now in the new year, 2023. But I think we can recap on what has been one of the best calendar years I've ever seen uh, following football it in 2022. Been. It was. Quite the roller coaster, an absolute whirlwind of a year of football. I mean, it's been brilliant. Uh, look at the early part of the year. We got an Afcon, which, as much as it was comedic to quite a few people, with some of the some of the officiating going on, dear. some of the goalkeeping. Um, it was Senegal who won it for the very first time in their history, which was quite the achievement again, winning on penalties. Um, so that was a massive bolster for the nation and to be fair it was quite a bolster f- for the continent because I think it did draw a lot more attention than I'd have quite anticipated so, oh yeah absolutely and then alongside that with the World Cup which we're not going to mention in this because we have mentioned it quite a lot of the podcast but seeing teams like Morocco get the semi-finals Africa as a continent has grown massively this year oh, huge, in terms yeah. of football huge year for Africa um, and you're starting to see that come through and hopefully it continues to grow in, oh, this yeah. year, in the next few years because it's, it's brilliant to see football development all over the world. That's what you all want to see. Also, in this year, we had one of the most incredible Champions League runs uh-huh. I think I've ever seen. So Real Madrid got to the group stage. Um, we're down to PSG in the first leg. Came back once again. I just I remember watching all of these games and just being like, how on earth... Wasn't yeah. it in like a two-minute spell that they just Benzema just turned on the style? Yeah, pretty much, and uh, it was it was quite outstanding to watch. To be honest with you, to see, um, to see what they did, and then quarterfinals against Chelsea. They won the first like three-one, I believe, and then I'm pretty sure Chelsea were three-nil up at the Bernabeu, looking like they were going to go through, and suddenly. Real Madrid turned it on once again. Like, how are you going to guess consecutive hat-tricks against... Rick Benzema, yeah. I know. Absolutely outstanding, wasn't it? And then the semi-final against Manchester <sighs> City was... Which, firstly, that hold. first leg, everyone was like, oh, right, yeah. normality resumes, they're human. And that second leg, oh my... I mean, God. Manchester City went 1-0 up, 5-3 up on aggregate. I think it was about the 73rd minute, something like that. 
they look destined for a Champions League final, a second Champions League final. They could finally do it. And then the little Brazilian Rodrigo pops up with two goals in added time to save Real Madrid and send the game to extra time. And at that point, City go off the rails and by five minutes into extra time, they're down as Benzema slots home his penalty. <laughs> and the rest is history. Real Madrid are in the Champions League final. I mean, people were writing off Ancelotti before that season just saying, like, going back to Real, a bad business decision, but... What what do they know, eh? What he's, do they know? He's gone back and won a Champions League. And look at Everton now. I mean, the, the final, arguably the, the worst game of the uh, the run. Yeah, it wasn't really a great final. But honest. Courtois was outstanding. Yeah. I think uh, fair to say that he has been the goalkeeper of the year, and that that uh, performance really was the pinnacle of it. Oh yeah, standing how Liverpool did not score in that game, but that was all down with him. Um, Vinicius Junior scoring the winning goal. So most of those games, you just look at it and go, how, like, the PSG one, I could, I kind of understood because PSG have known to bottle it in the Champions League, but the City one was just mind-blowing because they were so comfortable in the first leg. In the, uh, the first half of the second leg, it was just City all over, and then all of a sudden, just wh- when it matters, uh, Real just came bursting out the blocks and... You can't believe that comeback City were destined. They just had to... All you had to do was not concede two in the last five minutes of a game and somehow they did it. It was quite outstanding to be honest. It was one of the best football games I think into a football games I've ever watched. It, that semi-final is up there for me with Spurs-Ajax. Yeah, that was brilliant. Because I, wait, even that Champions League run was ridiculous. But they... Uh, those two semi-finals, I think, are some of the best semi-finals like I've ever mm-hmm. like I've watched when it happened. Because I think you appreciate it more when you watch it live instead of just watching it on the the highlights or just saying like, "Oh, they've uh, scored two in uh, five minutes." When you watch it happen, it's just like it's completely different because mm-hmm. you're sat there going, "How on earth has this all happened?" Yeah. But damn, it happened so quickly, really. Um... That does lead us on to another point of 2022. City, as much as they may have had their downfall in the Champions League semi-final, they did get their moment on the final day. What a title race, the by the way! Season. I really thought Liverpool had it, to be honest. Another one that came down to one point. I mean, it's quite unfortunate for Liverpool. That's twice now they've won the league, and then two other times have fell to Man City by a point. But <laughs> that was just. Outstanding. What a final day. Aston Villa go 2-0 up. The narrative is that Gerard and Coutinho win the league for Liverpool. For Liverpool. Gerard, manager of Aston Villa. Coutinho scores for Aston Villa to put them 2-0 up. It looks destined. At that point, Liverpool are drawn with Wolves. I was uh, I was on the train back from uh, from London. We'll get on to why I was coming back from London later. And I just remember seeing on my phone going, Coutinho's just scored for it. And City are 2-0 down to Villa and... This was when Liverpool were beating Wolves as well. I was like, could it be? Could it be written in the stars? I think, I think, uh, if I recall rightly, Liverpool did go behind early. Yeah, they, then, they then, did. Then they equalised, and I think by the time they went 2 1 up, City had already turned it around. Yeah, so it yeah, didn't yeah, actually yeah. matter. Yeah. Because I remember because seeing Salah a clip scored, of, and then the fan told them, like, yeah. it's 3 2 or three, something. 3 2. But that comeback mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Because it happened just so quick. All of a sudden, like you nothing. blinked and yeah. it was 3 2. I mean, Gundogan 
scoring. Hey, hey Rodri. Rodri. Rodri, brilliant goal. And then Gundogan scoring again. That is honestly crazy scenes. And the fact it mirrors 10, ten years, years exactly. from that Aguero moment. It was just, it was like it was written. The kiss they played in was inspired by that moment and the fact that they pulled it off again. It's just that that is something beautiful about football the fact that they came back and managed to do that again. And some would argue it was better, you know, coming from two goals behind. Uh, But just, again, outstanding how they managed to win the league in that circumstance. It must hurt as a Liverpool fan, but they've done that to both Manchester United and Liverpool. Yeah. So I think they've definitely trumped them in that sense. Yeah, City's definitely uh, a club that ends up getting the last laugh on domestically, but when it comes to cup competitions, they need that, uh, well, continental competitions, that is. And uh, the League Cup, but we'll get on to that a bit later. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, on more more personal terms, uh, big big year for Mayo and Caffrey, God rest. Uh, supporting Sunderland the FC in twenty twenty two was quite the uh, quite the roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure if we've actually mentioned it on our podcast so far. You might have worked it out from the accents, but uh, yeah, the three of us. Who Caffrey, I'm not sure if we mentioned why he's not here today, but yeah, he is poorly today, so he's not here. But case of the man flow, but he, he, will, be, he will be back next week. Um, yeah, Sunderland, are our team, the mighty red and white. Um, and what a year following Sunderland. I mean, what a year. It was the roller coaster. I mean, let's go back, right? Let's go over <laughs> this, right? So, January, we're linked with Jermaine Defoe all month. We eventually signed Jermaine Defoe. Wait, before that, uh, actually, a year yesterday, Chris Maguire comes back to the stadium yeah, alight. That's a good point, yeah. Scores an amazing hat-trick, can I just say. Uh, ruined my birthday for that. Uh, thanks, Chris. Got uh, His first goal gets in the face yeah. of our manager, Lee Johnson, who was inevitably sacked two weeks later after, after a thumping. 6-0 at, at Bolton. We were both there. Somehow... The Try telling someone after that everything that was going to happen. How, how how can you tell someone right on the? I think it was the twenty ninth of January, twenty twenty two. Right, we lose six six nil six. to Bolton Wanderers in League One. Right, in League One, we lost six nil. That is, for me, the worst result in this. And a former player who did he even start? Declan John never set foot on a football. Scores an r- just an Ridic- outstanding. Uh, half volley to make it six to make it six to put the final nail in the coffin right less than 24 hours later Lee Johnson is sacked I mean at that point for me to be fair we were still sat there in the we table. were third it doesn't look bad and everyone was questioning our decision to sack Lee Johnson but oh, I was I was questioning because I, th- I thought like we had to have words but I didn't think we had to yeah, pull the trigger at the then... time people questioned that I mean and if you look on the playoff final was in less than four months <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly thought season was over there and then. So we well, sat- no, after the after the Doncaster yeah. game, we sat Lee Johnson. We flirt with Roy Keane for two weeks, and while this is all going on, we have Mike Dodds uh, and Jamie Proctor. <laughs> is just Jamie Proctor? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. In charge as we lose at home in the bottom of the league, Doncaster. With, with forty six thousand people in attendance, yeah. 40, by the way. Forty six thousand people in attendance for Jermaine Defoe's homecoming. We. Bow out and lose 2-1 to bottom of the league, Doncaster. And he, does, he only plays the last 10 minutes. 
We then go away to Cheltenham, who haven't won in, I think it was 12 or 13 games. We lose 2-1. Um, and finally, Roy Keane didn't want the job, for whatever reason, that's still yet to be revealed. And in comes Alex Neal, uh, formerly of Norwich, Preston, Hamilton Academ- uh, Academical. Um, just it to wasn't rub it the in most as well. exciting appointment at the time. Wait, just to rub it in as well, where it took us a week to announce him because he was uh, spotted in Durham, Durham, Durham train station in Sunderland Kiss. Um, uh, uh, it, it was just it was that, crazy, it was the most Sunderland thing. Crazy time to be a Sunderland fan. Um, Alex Neil personally for me didn't excite me. I was happy with it, but it didn't excite me. It didn't excite yeah. a lot of people. But he came in, his first game, a draw away at Wimbledon. We drew 1-1. Again, it was just a lacklustre result. Game we should be winning. MK Dons after that. MK Dons with his first home game. We lose 2-1. Oh, Connor, Connor Wicker. Uh, yeah, Connor Wickham, of course. <laughs> the greatest footballer of all time, by the way. Connor Wicker. And then things start to change slightly. And we start to go a little bit wrong. We, we struggle in some games. We have nil-nil draws at Lincoln and both uh, Lincoln and Charlton. Wait, that that Lincoln game actually. We'll we'll get onto that first. The uh, Defoe deciding to call it quits halfway through his yeah, uh, his return. Retire about two months into his six month contract, which was again a bit of a dampener. But one last paycheck. <laughs> no, never mind. One last dance. I, um, I love you, Jermaine. I love you. You're still a legend in my eyes. We d- we did start to see some good results come through though, and a lot of them through late goals. We started to really become. The late, late, the late, show. late show with Alex Neal. Um, we've seen a 91st minute goal against Fleetwood, two 80 minute plus goals to beat Crew, a 95th minute winner against Gillingham, a 95th oh, minute winner against Gillingham. Shrewsbury, an 88th minute winner against Oxford away. Loads of really late wins. Even Rotherham. Rotherham, we were losing 1 0, and somehow what a Michael ro- Heckway puts it in his own net in the 89th minute with a rocket of a header. Just looking back on, we didn't deserve to. <laughs> we didn't deserve any of that. Yeah. It was proper, proper uh, robbery football. But I don't care because I do think though we were playing. Oh yeah, we were football. playing good football. But when you look at when we scored them, you think, how on earth have we got away with that? But I don't know about you, but for me, that didn't feel. Like Sunderland, I've never seen Sunderland no. have that much grit and fight in the last minute of yeah. doing so much, and we did that so much. And I began to really trust in Alex Neil in all these games. Like Oxford away was a horrible fixture; we barely ever won there. Was it? Was there a game we for you that you mentally thought we were going up during that run in? Because um, a lot of people that I've spoke to in the fan base have said after Oxford they knew we were going yeah, up. That one was a pinnacle, really, because Oxford away. It's always a tough fixture, and they were good that year. They missed out on the playoffs with 81 points. How, how do you miss out on the playoffs with 81 we, points? We went into that game knowing whoever won this game were going into the playoffs, it was, realistically. It was a good chance, yeah. And we went there and won, again, with a late goal. Patterson kept us in that yeah, as well. with a brilliant hit, one of the best hits I've ever seen. Um, and it's just like, that really felt like we have something about us. Yeah, now. belief. There's, there's really something like... And then we eventually secured our playoff spot with a win against Morecambe on the final day to face Sheffield Wednesday oh. in the League One playoff semi-final over two legs. That's, uh, that's I think it was the highest one. attended playoff fixture of all time over the two legs, was it? What, in League One? I think it was the highest attended. It might have even been Probably. the championship as well. 
Wait, we, I just we got forty four thousand. I think they got about thirty six thousand. So that the, first the game, ridiculous. I hadn't been nervous for football games in like to that extent for so long. Mm-hmm. I think the fact of like seeing the self full. Like the bottom wall full for the first time since God knows when. I don't really count the uh, the Doncaster game because it was just like wasn't really anything special. Well, it obviously was special, but like not a game of significance. And then just to see like the flags, the flares, the uh, the display. The display was brilliant. Yeah. Like I just had goosebumps the whole game. It was, and when Stewart scored, honestly. Uh, I I can't believe I'm admitting this on on the podcast, but I actually I actually cried at halftime because <laughs> that goal just meant so much. Uh, it was honestly, it, I was watching the highlights of it the other night. I was just sat there. Sometimes I was just like to sit and reminisce over it, and it was one of the best football games. I've we should have won yet. that game like three or four 0 oh, as yeah. well. Pritchard, Pritchard, Pritchard oh. put one just wide in the second half, and to be fair, that game I was really annoyed because I felt like yeah, I, I was. We went enough. in, I was like. Maybe it's, maybe it's one goal, mate. Yeah. Might not be it. And we should have got more. And um, that second leg, oh. And it did just oh! about <laughs> prove to be enough. That second leg, I couldn't get tickets. I was gutted. No, I couldn't either. Unfortunately, I was watching from the comfort of my own home. Uh, it was a tense first half. A few tattles flying in. It was a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a na- naughty game. Proper EFL game, that. Then, in about the, I think it was 77th minute, something like that. Lee Gregory tucks home to give Sheffield Wednesday the lead, the lead on the night. Tell you what. Put them level on aggregate. When that went in, I think I, I was mentally like, right, we've it's lost, yeah, it's, it's over. Because if it went extra time, went to Penn, I didn't think we had it in us. No. I was like, right, that's it. I was, the whole game, I was like, right, just play for a, just play for a draw. Just play for a nil-nil. Play dirty football. Because we've got the lead and that's all that matters. When Gregory scored, I was like, I could I could vision the boys yeah, coming it's, off. Yeah, because it's so Sunderland, like that that goal. Then they've got the atmosphere; they're all bouncing. Yeah. Uh, um, and like, just everything's against us. That we've got backs against the wall at that point because they are going for the winner. But but when out of time got announced, I was like, ten minutes out of time it was. I was um, like, right, I don't I don't believe that I I have an England that we we've got one last thing in us. And when mm-hmm. I can picture it now in my head perfectly when. When Danny Bart just punted it wide, I was like, "That's not, everyone was thinking, oh, he's going in the car. I was like, he's not going in the car. He's going to Jack Clark. He refuses to to use his left foot all season. He refuses to use his left. And everyone was like, we all knew what was going to happen. And then we all thought we knew what was going to happen. Uses his left foot, takes everyone by surprise. The minute I saw Patrick Roberts run in, I didn't care what happened. I knew we scored. I just saw it out of nowhere. He just appeared yeah. out of nowhere. You just hear Patrick Roberts running in. I didn't even see the goal. Run. I already ran off celebrating. All I needed was someone to tell me that that was offside. And my, I think my heart just would have packed in because the pure adrenaline running through my that veins. It was, was ridiculous to see. And again, that was a moment of... I'm that, getting goosebumps thinking about it. That, just... that isn't Sunderland. That that is not Sunderland. No, it's not. To, it's not the Sunderland we go, know. To go one nil down in a playoff leg with an, in an incredible atmosphere, and still come out and win that game away from home. That's when it really felt like wow, Alex Neal has yeah. got us something going here. Like we and were a special, special team. We won that, and 
booked another trip to Wembley. I think a lot of people said like once that there was like there was no way they were going to lose to Wickham or MK mm-hmm. Dons. I mean, we had the playoff curse, of course, for years. We oh, ne- yeah. never ever won a playoff final, uh, and finally we did. We beat Wickham quite comfortably in the end. Took over uh, Trafalgar twice. One of the nation's most famous landmarks. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, well, first of all, that that night in Trafalgar felt different to the other ones because mm-hmm. we were like, I feel like we knew we were going to win, didn't we? Yeah, like no one would have admitted though. Once before, we were just like nervous because when we first came down, Portsmouth were obviously going to give us a run for the money. Charlton have been were one of our bogey teams in League One, so there was nerve around that, but. That third one, it felt like third time's the charm. And especially after, I'm not saying Peter Cup's anywhere near the playoff, but the fact that we, we went down and we won something and we couldn't take the fans with us, mm-hmm. felt uh, this felt like a reward for that. So it was just one big party down London. And um, I remember us actually talking about this on a, a couple of weeks ago. We uh, We actually crossed paths. In Trafalgar Square without knowing. Without noticing, yeah. We didn't really know each other at this point. Like, what a small world. Like, all three of us were, like, within a a stone's throw of each other. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird to think that. Like, there's a photo on my phone of, like, Caffrey stood pretty much next to me. And I'm like... That's wild, yeah. And I I, I just think that that day, that, that Embleton scored to ease the nerves, then Stewart's goal... <sighs> that was the best day of my life, and that was probably the best moment. That uh-huh. that goal when that goal, as it, soon it as was, that goes it, in, you know you. It was slow motion, just watching the ball just slowly go, going. I remember just getting sent for absolute miles for that goal. I just, I close my eyes and I wait. I just see the roof of Wembley. Just I see a flare going over there. Just limbs everywhere, scarves, and I'm like, I just think I was like, I don't want to stand up again. I just wanna, I just wanna be in this moment forever, mm-hmm. and then. When full time went, oh, so many people just started breaking down. Uh, I, I managed to help myself together, but I, I lost my voice for a good week. Just playing all the Sunderland songs at Wembley, seeing, seeing us lift a trophy. Niall Quinn in the stands, it was perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Definitely perfect. the best day of my life for, so far. I'm not going to lie to you. And the, the funniest thing was just everyone coming out of Wembley and like, now what? We're not used to this. Normally we're like, right, train home. Yeah, Sorrows. Yeah. We've won at Wembley. We're in the championship again. Everyone's just like, what do we do? <laughs> well, let's go back to Trafalgar Square. Let's, let's do round two. And we did it again for the second <laughs> night in a row. Oh, it was unbelievable. Just, what a weekend that was. Man. I, I, I think just the whole party mood, everyone didn't even think about the game. Everyone like was mentally right. Big trip down London. We're gonna win. We're gonna win the game. We don't care that it's a playoff. We're just gonna win it. We're all gonna have a party. We're all gonna have a good time. And I think that came across in the team as well. Like everyone kind of knew that we were the favourites, and for once there was no real pressure on us. Mm-hmm. I felt like everyone kind of knew that this was this was our day. I don't think Akinfenwa's last game was really like Anything. it was really gonna bother us at all. Or the fact that I would have loved. If Defoe to have been there, I would have loved if McGeady to have had an appearance as well. But mm-hmm. you know, I think he made the right subs on the right day. He got the job done, obviously. And then after that, like even going into the championship, it was just a a whirlwind. We 
Uh, didn't have the greatest to start, but so we got just, we, we got points. Just had a solid ten minutes now. We've only spoke about the first five minutes. I know. Of yeah, it just I says know. it all really. Great. We had a brilliant summer. Signed a lot of top players who were still kicking on for us now. Um, started in the championship. To be fair, I don't think we started badly. I think it was only the the QPR game where we really should be like pointing things of like, oh, we really should have been mm-hmm. getting I mean, all three points there. The big story of August was when Alex Neal jumped ship, uh, left. And went to Stoke City for reasons that are still untold. So he was at really that game. That. He saw how they played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you want to go there? We, we beat Stoke one nil away from home, and then within a week he was the manager of the Potters. So makes no sense. But it was quite quite baffling, and we the, the reasons are still untold on what to believe. So we won't go too much into that. But but so far, blessing in disguise. Because as a, a Stoke aren't looking very good right now, and Sunderland. Half lion under Mogger. Tony Mogger. Uncle Mogger. What a manager. I love him. I Tell you what, everyone, when he first came through, we were like, right, we're finished. Yeah. We're going back down. But I really love Tony Mogger. I love the football we're playing. We've scored some incredible goals. Oh, I mean, we've scored Puskas. Huddersfield. Uh, Pritchard at Huddersfield. Also, uh, Roberts, Roberts at Wigan. Some absolutely brilliant goals. We played some brilliant football. I've really enjoyed watching it. And... By the end of 2022, we're not in that position anymore, but by the end of 2022, we were sat fourth in the championship. <sighs> if you could have said to me, after we got beat 6 in the Bolton, we'd be fourth in the championship, championship, I'd have punched you. Because that is just quite something <laughs> ridiculous. In 11 months, 11 months time exactly? We're yeah. Ca- oh. 11, months, 11 months on from that day, we beat Wigan 4-1 to move fourth in the championship. I would have been like, shut up. That's I probably just would have used stronger language, <laughs> like, but I would have been like, just get away. It, it was. It has been a whirlwind year to be a Sunderland fan, but it has been the best year supporting Sunderland in my life, and hopefully, here's somehow, to, uh, 2023 will. Here's that. to another year of that. Yeah, here's to we another. we really don't know where we're going to be because the championship's just such a weirdly. I mean, we're, we're celebrating all this. We'll it, it doesn't matter how you tomorrow. play, really. It depends on how the other 20 teams around you play. Mm, yeah. So it's so tight, you can fall so far in the matter of. Minutes. Right, it's between third and 17th. I think it's only 10 points. Mm-hmm. That's four games. That's three wins and a draw to just change a season. It is astronomical, but like we say, here's, here's to another great year supporting Sunderland. And uh, hopefully, if uh, results pick up as they continue to, we might be uh, looking at a few specials down the line here on yeah. the Onion Bag, hopefully. Another trip to Wembley? Maybe it's not. Well, no, Maybe it's so. not. But uh, we'll just have to say. And, uh, Mowbray, I know you're a, you're an avid listener of the Onion Bag here on Spark. Uh, I love you, absolutely. Uh, and if you come on, we will rename it the Jaffa Cake Podcast. We will we will get you free Jaffa Cake. We'll get you a lifetime supply of Jaffa Cakes if you do and Revels if you want Revels, Mentos, whatever he you loves want. Revels, whatever you want, Tony. <laughs> if you just give us two hours of your time to come down here, have a lovely chat, scoff some Jaffa Cakes with us, maybe it's a nice cup of tea with us. We'd we'd be happy for that. Just uh, you know where we are. <laughs> Prem winners. Arsenal. I think Arsenal. I think, I think Arsenal still have it. I think they have it in them. I honestly think I don't see how you can fall from this point. That City game in February is the key, but I think they can do it. I really do. I'm not sure if they've got City home or away first. I think it might be at home. And I think I honestly believe they can. If they beat them, they can do it. Well, they're so good. I love watching them. When this comes out, uh, North London Derby Sunday, 
uh, when you yeah. So when this comes out, the North London derby is tomorrow. Depending on when you when you're listening to this, yeah. uh, could they get the job done? See, that is another huge one. Beating Tottenham at the new stadium for the first time. If they do that again, they are serious. That is a, another massive, massive. I one. think it's it's. I can't believe I'm putting Arsenal and Leicester in the same bracket here, but it was with the Leicester one. Like no one wanted to admit it, but the closer it gets to the end of the season, you kind of have to. Mm-hmm. And I think Arsenal have a serious, serious case of... Uh, I think even a few months ago, I would have said Arsenal's win the league, but I just want them to because I think they are an exciting team and it's it's not Man City. It's brilliant. What do you think? Ad- Ateas, <clears throat> you could say redemption, but I never actually personally thought he was a bad manager. I just thought it's just yeah. a project that takes time. Ateta, brilliant. I love Bakayo Saka and just his aura is just brilliant. He's an outstanding footballer. I'm the same with Odegaard. Erdegaard, one of the best midfielders in the world this season. A brilliant, brilliant player. I love watching him. Uh, Gabby is as much as injured. Eddie and Kett is coming in and doing just as good. Gabriel Martinelli, brilliant footballer. William Saliba. Um, Thomas Party again, a brilliant footballer. They've got such a good team. And I love watching them. Yeah, it'll and be I, a... I really hope that they break the monopoly of City. I season. do. I do as well. Uh, staying with uh, the Premier League, we'll do we'll do top four first, and then we'll uh, we can move on to other things. But top four, I already know you're not going to like my answer. I'm going to go. It's quite. I think it's quite self-explanatory for me. I think I'll probably agree with you. Arsenal top. City. I think City will remain second. <laughs> I'm going to go. Man United third. And I'm going to say. Newcastle United, uh, Piff, uh, Spurs to fourth. I don't see Liverpool coming back into the top four race, if I'm honest. I totally agree with you. The only bit I don't agree with, which isn't really relevant, is I don't think they'll pip Spurs. I think they'll pip Liverpool. Really? I think Liverpool will be do, still Do you not think Spurs have it in them? I think Spurs are rubbish, to be honest with you. I really, I really don't think I really think good. if United keep the form they're on, I think they'll comfortably finish third. If not, I think Newcastle could get third. I, I think Newcastle's squad depth is going to become an issue. In the later Do you think? Of the season. Yeah, I mean, look at them. They played not even a second string squad against Sheffield Wednesday and got beat. Like, that's mm, true. As much as I should still beat them, like their squad depth is a massive issue. I do think that they will turn around in time, but um, I don't know. They just play such exciting football, and Newcastle. I, th- oh. I think Newcastle play exciting football. Uh, I love the fact we're not even <laughs> giving Chelsea a breath of air. <laughs> Uh, wait, the, lad, the tenth, the tenth. <laughs> so they don't deserve it. Oh, that's so bad. They're really, really bad at football at the minute. Um, I, to be fair, I can't argue with that tough. One. I think Arsenal City nailed on that. Wait, you show Felix because been been in the country what twenty four hours. He's been he's been the best player, and he played about forty five minutes, and then gets sent off. He was exactly playing really well, uh, and he goes and throws it away. I just don't get it. Simeone laughing his head off at that, but uh, no, I think, I think. Newcastle staple top four as much Stapled, as stapled. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Why? I can't see them, even with squad depth. I can't see them slipping. I'm. I'm trying to just. I think the way they're putting teams aside, like I agree with, like some of the bat runs of gave teams this season is ridiculous. Even if they, uh, I think if they win the cup, I think they may, like, a bit ease off a bit because yeah. they've they've got European football regardless. But um, I think if my, if they lose if they don't win the cup. They're just going to push and push and push. And I think if that happens, I can see them coming third. I think we'll get top four. Like, 
I think I, I think th- those four in any which order Man is a given. Should. Man United have been brilliant mm-hmm. in the last few months. Um, and yeah, you could say they, have, they haven't won any, any games against any top teams really, but they did beat they beat Arsenal. That's a start. I mean, they're the only team to beat Arsenal this season. Um, Who are you say is coming fifth though? Who's just Liverpool. missing out? Liverpool. Yeah. I'm saying I mean, Spurs. I think they'll be fine, Liverpool. I don't even think Spurs will get top six. Do you think? I don't like them. I really, like anyone could get top six for me. Well, Fulham. I tell you what, they keep it up. Brighton could. There's no reason why Brighton couldn't. I really like Brighton, but I, I don't like Spurs at all. I don't like watching them. They, they, they only start playing when they're 2-0 down. That's all I, they do. That's, that, that's the way I see it for me. I, I, not a fan. Who do you think's getting relegated in this tightly congested... Battle for the, uh, to avoid the draw. It's controversial because of recent events, but I do think Southampton will still go down. I still think Southampton will go down. I don't think they're good enough. Uh, my, that's not the most. That's not the hottest take of my relegation scrap. Right, wait there then. Right, I've got Bournemouth going down as well. As much as they're okay for now, I don't think they're good enough overall. And uh, I was, I'm stuck between Bournemouth and Wolves. I think Wolves will be fine. They're signing this, signing this Jao Gomez I've seen. That their midfield three of Nunes, Neves, and Jao Gomez. That that's like Champions League level. That that is a Champions League midfield three. That can't get relegated. I can't see them going down. But I tell you, what I can see going 18th. down. 18th. Everton. Everton. Uh, I fully can. I know what they do because of what they did there with Sims. Relegated. I thought we were going to be able to do this podcast, not brush upon Ellis Sims, but here we are. Well. Shouldn't, shouldn't call him black. Shouldn't take him. So I th- this is the a, this is the biased episode. Start the new year. It was made to go on. Sunland heavy. Everton, yeah, you've the, done us over. The, the, there's no Newcastle. We hit. Yeah, they're not benefiting. They're only getting someone on the bench, right? Who's not really. He's not ready for the Premier League. No. he's not benefiting. He's getting like ten minutes, if that. And we're not benefiting because we're losing someone who was doing really well in our team, scoring goals. Getting loads of minutes. And Broadhead's off to Ipswich. And Broadhead, and yeah, and, that, and the, they've got rid of Renee from Broadhead now, so I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. No, it's, a, it's a weird, it's a, it's an odd move. I recall him if you've got no intentions. It's everything about their financial first place situation, the fact they've recalled someone from a championship club, sold them to a League One club for 1.5 million. There's no logic. It's just, it's blown my mind, and I think they're rubbish for football. Partially at the start of the season, I thought, you know what, Frank Lampard, I like it. I like what he was doing with O'Nana, Idris Agana Gay, Iwobi uh, as, as the eights. I liked what he was doing, but they're not they're not good enough. Like, they came away, they drew against City. Great result, brilliant result. Anyone who gets a point off City is a brilliant result. And then they're going to lose 4 1 at home to Brighton. It's just, they're, they're rubbish. They scraped survival last season, and I think this season, their luck's going to run out. I hope so, because I want some good away days. Oh, I'd be brilliant away day. New grounds. Away. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, but yeah, I think... So do you agree then, Southampton Bournemouth, haven't you? I agree. I was mm. I was still on Wolves, but like I said, their team's too good. To Leeds down. good as well, though. Leeds I think Leeds will be fine, you know. Yeah. I reckon so. I, I, I like Jesse Marsh as a, as a coach. I like Leeds as a team. I tried telling someone that a few years ago, but like... Yeah. I don't know. I think they'll be fine, but sticking with the championship, I think Burnley's stable on. I don't think Sheffield United catch them. Burnley and Sheffield United go top two. Yeah. Who do you reckon makes the playoffs? Don't. Red and white glasses off. Right, yeah, now they're off. We're not going to go to the playoffs, right? But I tell you who is going to go through the playoffs. Who? West Bromwich Albion. You think? Yes. 
that the Carlos Corberan remontada has been brilliant. They have gone from 21st. I think they've won eight out of the last nine. Something daft like that. Well, who do you think the other three teams in the playoffs? West Brom. Uh, Middlesbrough. I think Middlesbrough definitely Carrick Ball is <laughs> Carrick Ball is something. I really like them. Um, I think Blackburn will stay in there just about. And let's have a look. Final team. Millwall's looking good. I think Watford might. Millwall always fall off for me. I, I can't. Jack Watford's got it in the bag. I'm gonna. Uh, while you're looking, I'm gonna have a my hot tail. I don't think Sunderland are making the playoffs. I, no, I don't want us to go up, which sounds ridiculous, but it's just how it is. I really. would have said Preston if Emil Rees Jakobsen hadn't just got his ACL done <laughs> for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know why not? We'll stick Millwall in there. I know it's thingy because they're in there now, but why not? So we're gonna go Middlesbrough, Blackburn, Millwall. And West Brom and West Brom for me are gonna win it in a final against Middlesbrough. I'm gonna go Blackburn, Middlesbrough, Millwall, and ah, uh, you know what? I'll give you West Brom and all. I think it'll be a Blackburn West Brom final. And I think somehow, somehow Blackburn will just they're Go gonna up. they're just gonna absolutely rob it. I think so. That'd be nice to see. Yeah, I see Blackburn go up, but I, I love what Carlos Cobran's doing at West Brom now since they've turned it around. And uh, yeah, I fancy them. They're on an absolute, a brilliant run. But if it wasn't going to be West Brom, for me, it's going to be Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Yeah, Middlesbrough. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely. Two Brackbombs, just two Brackbomb. Isaiah Jones, Matt Crooks, Riley McGree. Some brilliant, brilliant Duncan footballers in there too. Well, we won't talk about him. Oh, I miss you, Matt. With some top footballers in their team, so that's who I fancy for. So speaking of uh, world-class footballers like Duncan Watmore, uh, who have you got to win the Champions League? Oof. Who's even still in the Champions let's, League? Let's have a look through the, the, the draw, all right? Because I haven't even... I say that, I haven't even checked. Right. RB Leipzig City, uh, Bruges ben- Benfica, Liverpool Real, AC Tottenham, Napoli Frankfurt... BVB Chelsea Inter Porto PSG Bayern well can write off Liverpool straight away because they're going to go out in that round Real Madrid absolutely <laughs> I'm certain of that it all, it, it's annoying because it all depends on the draw because you could say PSG Man City fan but if they draw each other in the quarter final I'm like I think it's easier I, think I say this they, every year they haven't I, doing, I feel like maybe because they're not doing so well in the Premier League they'll Put all our focus in. They the needed Erlen, and they've got Erlen now. Yeah, and he's doing so well in the Champions League. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna. It's cities, yeah. I'm gonna agree with you. I don't. Man City. I, w- I want to say like it's gonna be contest, but oh. I'm gonna look so stupid when I'll be like saying knock them out. But it's it's cities. You know what? No, it's gonna be different. I'm gonna say PSG. I'm gonna, gonna say, say PSG. I think Messi's gonna win the World <laughs> Cup in the Champions League within six months. Uh, that's, that's, you that's, fanboy. Yeah, you make me go. sick. I'm gonna go with that, even though they're gonna lose to Bayern in the round of sixteen, probably. Europa League? Arsenal. Arsenal do the cup and the league double. I think yeah. that's stapled on as well. And uh, last Man United could do it though. It would be an interesting final. It'd be a class final though. I hope that, I hope that works out like that. Because, uh, I don't even know who's in it. I haven't been given the conference league the light of day if I'm honest. So I couldn't even tell you who's in it. I think West Ham is still in it. Then the, the final prediction for 2023. The big one. The Ballon d'Or. The creme de la creme. Who's winning it? 
Well, if I'm gonna go off, because they've changed the format now, haven't they? So not, it's it's not, done uh, off a season instead of. Well, it's not a season. It's more like it's like October to October. Yeah. Instead of like just the full calendar. Yeah. It's a bit daft, really. Yeah. Like put. Because of that, and because of my Champions League prediction, I'm gonna say that. Number eight is coming home for Leonardo. No, I, I, why not? I, I on Ballon d'Or form. I agree with the club. I don't agree with the player. Killy. I think Killian is first. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see why not. I'm back with uh, Messi. Sorry, World Cup winner, Golden Ball winner. Uh, not not top scorer by one. Top assister. Best player at the World Cup by a mile. Clara Harland. Will <laughs> will clearly go on. And uh, have a good Champions League run if they're going to win the Champions League. So for me, it's, it is messy. He's on Ballon d'Or form right now. He's abs- He's rolling back. Yeah, the but he's, he's got to keep that up for a good few months. Are you doubt? Are you doubting Lionel Messi? Are you doubting him? That is a huge mistake. <laughs> Massive. Well, because if I doubt him, he'll prove me wrong. Mm. He'll prove me wrong regardless. <laughs> I, I think. I think it's gonna be one of them two. To be honest. Yeah, with it's a it's it's a PSG attacker is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, probably. But I'll. I'll I'm going Leo to get Leo. number eight, which is outstanding. But yeah, so that's my prediction. But Killy, it, it fully depends who's your top, on th- who's your top three. It, it's so hard to say, like about four months in. But I'm Messi and Mbappe. Yeah, but if you had to make like a bold statement, Messi and Mbappe, and ah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna chuck. Am I? No. Who are we gonna say? I was gonna say Erlen, but I think he'll just miss out on top three again. I think I'll come fourth. He's with a scar more if he gets like 40 old in the Premier League. No, you know what? I'm going to back myself. Haaland third. Messi second. It's weird to think because he didn't even get nominated last time. How do you win a Valdon? Not get nominated, then potentially win another one. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's like the thought process isn't there, but. uh, Erlen third, Mbappe first, but second. Ah yeah, you know what? Just go for it. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give Lionel the benefit of the mm, doubt. Yeah, fair play. He's, he choice. is my goat, famously. So yeah, we'll just that's yeah, that's a, our predictions. I that, think that's a wise choice. Because yeah. as famously, the Union Bag, uh, two full episodes in, we were were great for predictions. So we'll just have to see how this all rolls out. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. But uh, I think they're quite solid. So a lot of them. Are Sort of nailed on in some sense. Just have to see where we are come October. Uh-huh. So that concludes another episode of the Onion Bag. We may be a man down, but I think we uh, we more than made up for it in terms of topics, talking points, and uh, hot takes when it comes to uh, northeast clubs. But regardless of that, uh, we have some fun on hand. The only real thing is that. We love football. As as we've talked about, this year, uh, 2022 has been absolutely unreal for the sport. And here's to another year of ups, downs, and just absolutely magic moments mm-hmm. from the world's best. And maybe a few underdog stories. Uh, where we might touch upon the FA Cup in a few uh, episodes to come, depending on how the fourth round goes. See if um, a certain... North Welsh club is still in it or not we'll just have to mm-hmm. say but uh, yes thank you very much uh, for watching be sure to check out Spark on 107 FM or through your smart speaker or online and be sure to 
follow the Onion Bag on wherever you get your podcasts. So it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a nice weekend, everyone, and thanks for listening. Ta-da. <laughs>